This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Damien Barrett and Craig Hutchison with you. I'm back in a quarantine life and Hutchie, I'm judging you're doing something similar given that you're not in the Melbourne studios that I could, studios that I can see. You're on a uh, a remote access point somewhere. Hello, good afternoon to you. Where do I find you today? Hello, Damien. Nice to see you. And by the way, before we get into it, what about you? You've gone to Perth in quarantine, which is one thing. But next thing I hear is you're doing Basil's Impulse's breakfast show in the mornings. Now, of all the cheesy things to do in quarantine in Perth, is try and indoctrinate yourself. I'm the, I've been a Basil man for a long time. You've been rolling your eyes and uh, laughing along at my expense. And now I hear you like, welcome to every morning. Oh, yeah, good morning. Welcome to you, Damien, your number one newsbreaker. Yeah, thanks, Basil. Great to be in the city. It's it's too much. I, in fact, here's a little snippet from what I had what I heard when Basil welcomed you oh, in no. on breakfast. And the really big name. The biggest of all. Oh, the biggest of all of them. Damien Barrett on the plane as well. Can we confirm that rumour? Here's the purple man in town, Damien. Good morning. <laughs> Hello, Basil Xavier. And, and uh, yeah, your uh, your mail's right, Baz. There was a plane oh, uh, coming in last night, and I was just on Sam McClure. I, I saw Sam McClure's hair before I saw Sam himself. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's here as well. Now that is enough to make you sick. It really is. <laughs> it's enough. That is a another example, Hutchie, of you putting mayonnaise on simply everything you talk about. I've been on once to this point. It was the first morning I was here, and Andrew Fordham, his producer, rang to to ask me on, and um, it was it's it's the best show in 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 Perth. Obviously, that's what shows <laughs> to be part of it. I'm here. Well, I can say yes. that now that Basil's part of the Triple M family. You, you see, I, I couldn't heart. say that when he wasn't part of Triple M. So. He gave him a hard time when he's at six PR. You gave him an even no, harder time when he went for mayor. And now no, all of a sudden, you're you're all happy buddies. And what's going on in the water footy? Let's get the uh, AFL guy on in the mornings. And you you wake up in quarantine. I'll set the alarm for you, Basil. What time would you like me? Oh yeah, five thirty be fine. Oh my goodness, too much, <laughs> Damo. Try and, it's actually uh, it's actually getting up. I'm getting up at three thirty some mornings uh, at the moment, Hutchie. Um, as in as in uh, Perth time, three thirty. So uh, how to, how is how is quarantine? Can you explain yeah, the experience fine. so far? It's fine. Yeah, look, um, I've got absolutely nothing, not not one thing to complain about. Very grateful to be here. Look, as we speak, the grand final is not yet one hundred percent confirmed where it's going to be. I think every club knows where it's going to be, but the announcement hasn't yet been made. So. Uh, as James Brayshaw said to me the other day, Hutchie, I might have to get my sorry backside and my four eyes back to Melbourne if it's uh, if it's not officially announced as going to be Perth. But tell me, are you in Tassie for the same reasons? I came in for the game on the weekend. We've got two new stations here as well in Hobart and Launceston, uh, 16-11 here in, in northern Tassie, uh, where the game was yesterday. So, yeah, so I'm still here from the weekend at the moment and uh, 16-29 in Hobart. I'm due in Hobart for a broadcast on Saturday, but we'll just see what happens in the next few days um, with everything. But, yeah, it's been a um, it's been a whirlwind final series. I, I'm interested, like everyone, to see where the grand final ends up. Are you all in the off chance the grand final's not in Perth? Are you allowed to fly straight home or is there a restriction on that? I, I don't want to uh, ponder that outcome at this stage. Um, there was reason to to get worried about that possibility, though, uh, as far back as the first day we were here when um, a couple of truck drivers came into WA who were 
COVID positive, um, that story seems to have uh, gone away um, in, in a, in a jeopardising, you know, the, the state sense anyway. So um, at this stage, as far as I know, tomorrow being Tuesday, tomorrow or Wednesday, there will be, as far as I read it, Hutchie, from what the clubs are telling me anyway, that um, there will be an announcement officially to confirm the, the AFL 2021 Grand Final to be in Perth. But um, the, the big dog's still aren't here yet, Hutchie. So until they probably jump on a plane, there's a... Uh, you know, there is that possibility that it's not, I suppose. Do you, do you feel that it's the right thing to do to keep playing and play a week early or to stay with the 24th of September? Yeah, I, I'm in two minds on that. I, I'd, I'd probably of the view, and this will probably fit your uh, view of me, Hutchie, the, the conservative view, I, I'd, I'd get it out of the way. But I think what's happened is with Port Adelaide making the preliminary final and then requiring the them to have the, the right, full right to a... Um, a home prelim final in Adelaide, I think it eliminates or, or either, either eliminates or, or makes it even more difficult than it would be to then have that grand final on uh, on September 18. So it's going to be September 25 the way I read it because of that reason. There'll be a two-week gap between the prelims going into the grand final. And, and that would allow also, too, to have the, the functions, as far as I can tell, too, the, the Brownlow medal, whether it's on the Sunday night as it was last year when it was in, in Brisbane or, or even the Monday of grand final week. Where will space around that? And where will you and Basil be sitting? Like obviously be together, but whereabouts? Like where? Are you th- yeah. Well, he he still works for the uh, host broadcaster Hutchie, so I think he'll be uh, on the main. Now, See, he, he does. I know. I know. We've uh, we've joked about Basil running the town. He, he seriously does. I like just having the TV on pretty much the whole day, but having various news stations on. I reckon I've seen him every single day on TV, as, as well as hearing him on the on the breakfast show, as well as He's being been, the mayor. No doubt about that. Hey, just on the journalistic front, a little bit of fun to kick off. We've talked a bit about death riders from a journalistic perspective, people who barrack against the story along the way, people that don't like someone or give them a hard time or forever writing negative stories around them, and they're they're pretty common. I don't think we've really written much about the positive version of them, which is the cheerleader. The cheerleader, the person that has a relationship with someone of public note and so barracks really hard for opportunity for them. and. It's ironic that we haven't really talked about this because you do see them a little bit. They're probably 10 to 15% of the market, the cheerleader, and the 80 or 85% is the death rider. And the before, cheerleaders... before you go any further, I, I, I don't know whether you're going to direct this at me or someone else, but but I'm I'm not going to be too proud to say that that I've never um, cheerled a story, Hachi. So if this isn't directed at me, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this in the past, and I may well be for the purpose of this conversation too. And I know you have been as well. So just let's get that out straight. Yeah. 100% been a cheerleader. In fact, I think it's human nature that when you have a relationship with someone, you want you want the best for them. And yeah. that, that journalism is no exception to that. And often, sometimes, if the, your relationship ends up in a good job, it's actually good for your career too, right? So I understand that. So this is there's really? no, absolutely no criticism attached to this. And I generally think the cynics are the... Death Riders, and the pretty positive-minded people are the cheerleaders. So there's a lot of good that comes from being a cheerleader. With that said, I think I found one over the last four days. Okay. And I and I Please love him as a reporter. Please tell me it's not me. Please tell me it's not me. And I want to preface this by saying I love him as a reporter. I think he's oh, a fantastic, fantastic person um, and, a sensa- and just sensational at what he does. But if Jay Clark is not barracking for Ross Lyon, like I've never seen, <laughs> <laughs> we think get a Carlton coaching job. I'll go he. And I thought I was imagining this. So I read today. Yeah. I read today, first up, uh, the he dug out the quote of Ed Langdon 
from yeah, from days gone by. So Ed Langdon obviously got in the way of the cheerleading on the weekend. So the quote was, I'd like to thank the coaches, Ross in particular. I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for you. I sincerely mean that. I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me. I caught one of the biggest sprays of my life for Ross and it clicked and it's gone here pretty quick. So he's quoted the positive Ed Langdon <laughs> going back. And, was that the day after Ed had Ed Langdon had been critical on, on radio? Okay, right, yep. So he's gone back into his files, right, Jay? Yeah. He's, actually, he's actually stored the quote away for a rainy day. Um, <laughs> then, then another hour later, Lenny Hayes on Ross line. Hayes left the coaching ranks last year to spend more time with family. Culturally, he was very, very good for our group. He invests really deeply in the person. So there's this array of positivity coming out of Jay's Twitter feed. And then I thought, did I read something from him on the weekend about Ross? And so I went back to the Herald Sun, and here yeah. it is, Domo. Yes. Winks like lion tipped to revolutionise blues. <laughs> There's only one wink, Sachi, and that's Nick McKenzie. Come on. I thought, oh, Nick McKenzie's written something. No, this is Jay Clark on Ross Lyon. Former Fremantle and St Kilda coach Ross Lyon has been strongly backed to deliver the cultural change, player development, and strategic edge required to lift Carlton out of the AFL doldrums. Lyon is firmed as the front runner. It comes as former Fremantle president Steve Harris and ex-Saints and Dockers assistant coach Anthony Rock gave Lyon the strongest possible assessment, saying he is one of the quote-unquote sharpest minds in the game and a perfect fit for the Blues. Harris, uh, who um, poached Lyon from St Kilda, said the man who coached the Dockers, according to Clark, was an exceptional individual. Him not coaching is like keeping Winks in the stable. Oh, there's the Winks. <laughs> he has got the X factor. He makes exponential change, and I can only speak in my time. He look at any individual, see the individual, and how to motivate them. He knows what works. <laughs> oh my goodness! So this is <laughs> so. How many more stories has Jay got in him this week to endorse Ross Lyon as the coach? And then I got to thinking, don't they sit next to each other on the Triple M Sunday lunchtime? <laughs> Radio product. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes, they Jay do. Has, Jay has spent four days <laughs> working as his Patrick Keane, pumping out his press releases. Well, well, the mind boggles on this, Archie. Is it possible that, that Ross has prompted Jay to, to remind the world that Ed Langdon was once very positive of Ross the morning after Ed had been negative on Ross? Or, or had Jay just miraculously remembered something that someone once said at a best and fairest evening at the Fremantle Dockers about four years ago? I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, if I hear his other Triple M colleague, Lee Montagna, written by Jay Clark, come out and strongly back Ross Lyon in the next 24 hours. I'm just about, I'm just about at wit's end. <laughs> it's been one of the great campaigns from Jay. And well, what, what, the- we, what we will get tonight, interestingly enough, because we're talking on this Monday afternoon here, um, we will get Nick Revo, I, I'm assuming, talking about it on the couch. So there could be easily a write-off of Nick Revolt saying something too, couldn't there? Uh, Joe, uh, Rui, it's Jay, mate. Um, just following up. Um, I know I got the cows tonight. Just a little little heads up. I've written a yarn. You might not have seen it. It's got you know, Harris and, and Rock have come out strongly back line, just in case that <laughs> might sway the blues. Um, if you get a chance, <laughs> if you want to re- reference there's a, a tear out on the show. Um, uh, Joey, yeah, we haven't spoken yet. We can get him tomorrow. Um, Sam Gilbert's kicking around, waiting to speak. <laughs> <laughs> He's lined up an interview with Andrew McWalter tomorrow. He's going to get Robert Eddy to speak on Wednesday. Oh, Jay, come on. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's happened there. Jay generally respects Ross, and has just probably thought he had a raw deal on the 
back of the media, and he probably did a little bit last week, Ross, in fairness. So um, he's called, he's even the ledger up, Jay. And, well, hang um, on. You, you can't you can't comment about someone getting a fair fair uh, an unfair deal in the media because it was your program that 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 I think stoked Ross right up. You and you and uh, you and Liam, Vicker, yeah, yeah a, our mate Liam. I think, I think that's I had, where it all started, wasn't it? I had a couple of people um, suggest to me that that uh, my name was linked in dispatches on being negative on Ross, and I was behind the smear campaign, which made me laugh. Just let me clarify that for a minute. I disagree with Liam on Ross. Liam is not hot on Ross as a as a coach, as he's been on the record saying. I think he'd be a fantastic coach at Carlton, and I think he's great in the media. We tried yeah. to lure him to our network um, at least once, maybe even twice. I think he's a brilliant media performer. I think he's an unbelievably uh, engaging coach, and I think he'd be a fantastic coach at Carlton if appointed. So let, let me just clear that one up for the starters. <laughs> I don't see it the same way as Pickers, but I respect Pickers' view as well. I um I don't want to lose him from from uh, Triple M and and obviously Channel Nine either. Hutchie. I reckon he's been as unique a media talent we've seen well, in the in the two years out of the game. If you if you don't want to lose him from Triple M, I'd suggest you get. I don't think Lee Simon's not there anymore. I think you get uh, you and Giles. You and Giles. I'll make I'll you and to call a meeting and make sure you get Jay there and say Jay, hey, not sure if you realise how this is going to play <laughs> out, but if Ross coaches Carlton, which you've been writing about for five days, he's he not sitting next to you next year, Jay. He's not going to do this Sunday, whatever the rub's called on Sunday. Um, yeah, we're going to need someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I love your lens on this stuff, Archie. Hey, tell me, let's just jump it around. Just, if Jay's listed, by the way. He's got a good sense of humour, Jay, so he'll be laughing along. But Rougey hasn't come forward yet, has he? He'd be the other one. Or Wallsy. <laughs> There, there. He needs strongly Rossi. back. It was always Rossi, wasn't it? It was always Rossi. <laughs> what about yeah. uh, Ruse's broken silence to back line? But, like, we wouldn't have even recognised, I don't reckon, this if he hadn't overreached on the Winks reference. <laughs> it, was an over, it was an overreach, the Winks reference. I'm surprised I missed the Winks reference because oh. I, that, that's that's only got one reference to me, that being Nick McKenzie. Hey, Hutchie, let's jump it around a bit. Um, the Ashes, I know you'll be all positive and, and, and tell me they're going to go ahead. Why do you say that? Um, well, actually, you know what? I'll refrain from saying that. I'll ask you the question. Are we going to get a traditional Ashes series this summer? I'm starting to doubt it yet again. You are, but you were doubting the Olympics would go ahead and they're one of the great Olympics of all time. I think they'll go ahead for sure. The Olympic, the Ashes will be challenging because there's clearly an issue with the – you can't ignore the issue with the families and the quarantine. It's an issue. Mm. The world looks a bit different in December than what it does now in the Australian sense. Um, does it, though? Does it? Yeah, I think it does. With a 70 to 80% vax rate by the end of November, first test against Afghanistan. Is the first test against Afghanistan? I think it is Afghanistan. Yeah. Or is it Bangladesh? I, I can't. It... The first test in Tassie against, I think it's Afghanistan, late November is obviously a little more problematic. But the Ashes series in December, I think they'll... Probably think not I... just for COVID reasons when it comes to Afghanistan, aren't you? Uh, and uh, we're all unbelievably um, saddened by what's going on in that country at the moment and our you know, thoughts are with everybody um, afflicted right around the world. I think the federal government last year created exemptions, didn't they, for the touring parties? And you would think the ashes is of that mind where the federal government would probably look to create um, some type of pathway in for players and family. I think it's generally unreasonable to expect the players to stay away from their families for the length of time proposed. But when there's big money involved, there's generally a solution. So this was um, 
the West Indies or one of the not as wealthy countries as India or England from a cricket perspective, mm. or if it was New Zealand even, maybe, it, it might be a bit more problematic. But I think um, when in, India and England and there's such a you know money behind it, you can generally buy your way through these things. It shouldn't shouldn't be that way. I don't, I'm not defending it, but I suspect there'll be a solution. What do you think? Well, I'm not, not as buoyant about it, Hachi, because I don't know how you're going to get to uh, – see, as you know, it's not just a simple matter of getting another country's team into our country, Australia. The, the bigger problem, the way I see it, the way the Ashes works, is that you don't then get natural access to each state. I mean, I, I, I can yep. see scenarios where – and this happened last summer, as you know. I mean, you, you were probably privy to some of it given the, the broadcast rights holdings that you had. And – the the conversations very quickly moved into that zone and 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 there were certain occasions where the team India in question just refused to go to a certain state. I, yeah. I can't see why that won't happen again because so I think some of the problems when it comes to the state barriers are actually bigger now than they were this time last year. And looking ahead, the state barriers are going to get harder rather than easier because it's hard to imagine Western Australia opening up when everyone else does. It's hard to imagine Queensland opening up when everyone else does. And it looks like it's it's falling apart at the seams. The the perceived deal on the on the on the open up because and you can understand from both ends right you can understand from the federal government end who are mm. trying to drive the agenda and you can understand i guess in, in a weird way from both state premiers who've got political capital tied up in the safety of their state which they've been able to preserve so long story short do i i think there'll be a, a venue changes that are potentially on like you know melbourne and sydney for instance in bubbles or adelaide probably feel a bit more achievable um you know, Tasmania feels achievable. Um, I'm not as certain that um, it, you know, if you're going to go to Queensland, you might have to stay in Queensland and play Brisbane, Gold Coast, Townsville, mm. and Perth. Probably just got the one venue, and then you can play multiple tests. Don't forget too, in 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 some places, the Australian Open's played, the tennis has played in one venue for two weeks, but we don't we don't expect that of our cricket to play in one venue. So, yeah, it'll, they'll find a way, don't they? Okay, no, as simple um, as you are. No, I'm not speaking. You're just being being factual and, and and logistical as much as anything when it comes to the the dynamics of an of an Ashes series. But um, Hutchie, James Henderson, extraordinarily successful manager of, of elite talent, and has been for 25, 30 years. Interesting week last week. He, uh, he one of his clients, Alistair Clarkson, pulled out quite abruptly of the the Carlton coaching job offer that was there, and then effectively in the same I'll say 24-hour period. It might even be in the same two-hour period. Um, news of of another of his big-name clients in Jamie Carr, the uh, extraordinarily gifted um, jockey here in Victoria, being caught up with other jockeys in in something that has, uh, by way of behaviour, um, breaching COVID-19 protocols, which probably threatened the racing industry continuing through all these COVID issues and, and has also saw, seen her and other jockeys suspended for at least three months with possibly more to come. What do you make of this? Because look, the, the penalties to me were were right. Um, they might have even been on the light side. I just want to get your views. Yeah, I think they were probably a little light of anything. They certainly went overs. They were absolutely appropriate and 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 probably worth more. My my head went to my head went to this demo. Like to use your language, parking this particular incident for a moment. We all love. Well, not everyone loves racing, but I love racing. A lot of people love racing. I know you love your racing. I love it. Yeah, and you know, we're obviously as a business for full disclosure, kind of involved heavily in racing as well. Um, jockeys, as David Taggart tells us, are in the most dangerous sport in the world. 
um, they're the only sport in the world where an ambulance uh, drives around behind you while you perform your craft. And we often forget that and take for granted their guide and their, their guile and their skill. Um, they're often also making plenty of sacrifices in the way they live their life, in the stress and the toll of um, the way they, they get themselves fit to race. I, I think it's a good wake-up call for the industry. And it's not easily fixed. I'm not here sitting here saying I've got the magic bullet to fix it either. But we need to really look after our jockeys, women and men. They live, they're highly competitive, brilliantly trained athletes who make unbelievable decisions at pace and scale and work ostensibly often seven days a week. And they begin from a young age. They often leave school at 14 or 15. They're often uh, second, third, fourth generation. Like there's a lot of things that they overcome to be great at what they do. We can't just assume that they're all equipped to make naturally brilliant decisions every time. So not to sit in judgment of anybody, but more to go the other way is what can the industry put in place to better develop, educate, help and teach uh, these gifted athletes to be the best version of themselves. Because my my thought just went to care really on the whole thing. I, it was you know it was hard to consume. Mm. And then you know are we are we equipped enough as an industry to be supporting them as well as they need to be? What well, do you that, think? that's one way. Of look, that, that is one way of looking at it, and 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 I agree with you. And and look, personally, um, I, I, unforgivable time... what happened, by the way. But in terms of its breach of the society's expectations, I'm not defending it by any means. I'm just I'm just saying more broadly, you know, it's not the first time we've seen a jockey make a bad decision, right? Or yeah. Jockey. No, no, here, and I think it's a it's a it's a valid point. Um, and 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 again, I, I certainly as COVID has unfolded, Hutchie, I. I, I I'm really critical of anyone because you just don't know what that that what state that person is in at, at that that point in time. I mean, you don't know what what's going on with eight year old kids. You don't know what's going on with sixty eight year old, you know, men or, or women. Um. So so I, I again, you, you cut some slack. But what I will say though is um that they are in a privileged position, and I know you've acknowledged this in what you just said, but they're able to work when others haven't been able to work because of the rules in place by governments and health authorities. And I think. That obviously is the overriding element of this story, and, th- and then you get to the, you know, the, the relationships um, side of it, which which I don't want to touch on at all. But clearly, you know, there's a lot going on in that space, and I reckon there would have been a, a period of time last week, and it may have even gone for close to half a day, where, you know, there might have been some threats about shutting down that particular, or at least parts of that particular industry, on the back of the behaviour. Yes, I think you support the people involved, and you challenge the behaviour. And the if you're um, a coffee shop owner or a restaurant owner right now whose business is shut um, mm. or a, a mechanic or whatever it may be where you're, you're actually not open and then you're seeing people who have the privilege to be working and breaching society's expectations, you're pretty angry, I reckon. So, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't defend – it's indefensible what happened. Mm. Um, yeah. But I just – my emotion went to, to concern pretty soon yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, and I, no, I think you're right on that. I think like, people are people are at the most heightened form of their own personality right now. They're, if you're, we've talked about this before. If you're hmm. a stressed person, you're an extremely stressed. If you're an anxious person, you're in, you're you're probably more anxious. Um, and people have been through a lot, and we and hmm. that, a lot of it's undiagnosed. The toll hmm. is taken on people. No, it is. Is none, it, none of that's to defend this incident. Just more broadly, well, I think you're right about people. This is not the sort of thing we normally talk about on this show. We'd probably do it over a beer. But where are you at with it? Where are you at, at with the restrictions and and the setbacks that have been in place? 
Well, I, I don't ever spend a minute thinking about whether the rules are right or wrong because I just don't think you can influence or change them even if you if you wanted to. Um, so my, for uh, me, so I just, where, where are you? Where are you personally at? It, it is probably a little bit too personal, Hutchie, on this show no, because right. normally we don't talk too personally. We save that for the the social occasions. But so where are, are you? What is it? The, what I'm not sure I understand the question. Like, do I think the society are you rules coping? are? Are you coping? Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, you. I feel quite lucky. I'm in an essential service where I'm able to work every day. It's a lot harder to do business than it used to be, but there's enough business to be done if you um, work hard enough to get through it. And you don't really have any choice anyway, because people rely upon you and depend upon you to help support their area of the business to keep driving forward. So, you know, our yearly results came out as a business today. I was really proud and pleased that we're able to to, to deliver a result that was, um, that our team was able to deliver a result that was, um, reflective of our commitments to our shareholders and our broader business. It was bloody hard. It'll get harder. Um, but you've got to dust yourself off and play on, Damo. That's, yeah. It's, I think in life, it's um, there, there's actually a little bit of a – you can convince yourself you can gain a little edge if you can get in a good mindset at the moment because you know that there are a lot of people who perhaps don't move into that mindset as easily um, in the challenge. You know, that's kind of just a little thing to – to to keep you going, but it's not it's mm. not uh, not easy with Melbourne shut, Sydney shut, Auckland shut, New Zealand's in a hard lockdown. We've been doing business here for six weeks, and there's you know McDonald's stores are shut, racing's off, you know, well, coming back, but you know it's there's going to be issues for a while. Yeah. But all we can yeah, do is support I'm, each other and get on with it. It's a big cliche, but there's no point. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any point sitting around judging society's rules because you can't influence or change them anyway and some waste of emotion. No, no, I wasn't asking about that, but it's more about how you are and, and how people are and, and the, the phases that people go through too. I mean, they're different yeah. today than they were even last week and certainly different to what they were 15 months ago. But I, I, I'm more. going through a phase, Sachi, for what it's worth, where I, I'm actually grateful for being the age I'm at because I've actually been fortunate enough and privileged enough to pack a, a bit in. Like, and that's not to over... I'm just saying that I, I, I do fear, though, for the 17, 18, 19, 25-year-olds yeah. who had you know, the desire to... To, to do a lot more stuff and they're going to be able to do um, no matter what happens quickly in, with this stuff. So we're, in, we're incredibly lucky in general. It's very easy to forget that. Um, mm. And it's also doesn't mean much to people who haven't had the chance to do the things they want to do. And they're um, the ones I'm referring to right now because the, yeah, there's going to be changes for those dreams that people have had. And, and that's, that's where the, that's where my focus is on right now. But um Anyway, we probably have got way off beam there, Hutchie, in terms um, of what we normally discuss yeah, on this program. The only thing I'd say is this. How lucky are we that it's, that it's now in a tech era in 2021 than in 50 years ago? Like, in 50 years ago, the pandemic would have been probably, you know, we wouldn't be getting daily case updates. We wouldn't be contract tracing. We wouldn't – things would be undiagnosed. There would be five-year wait for a vaccination. There'd be no means to uh, live our lives through tech. Wouldn't matter to reinvent our products from a digital perspective like – if anything, Brendan, we've been incredibly, incredibly lucky that we, this has happened in an era that it has. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's going to sound horrible to people who are suffering and going through things, but that's the mindset I, I go into. Is it's not yeah. it's not great for anyone, but it's not nearly as bad as it would have been if we were living in a different era, right? And the world the world will turn. People will travel again. People, will, you know, the world will dust itself off at some stage. Yeah. Not not soon. I want to talk quickly about Toby Green's situation. Toby Green, GWS footballer, AFL, playing on the weekend in the finals, made contact, and, and to me, quite intimidating contact with a field umpire in the game in question. 
I feel he should get two, maybe three, maybe even four weeks for what he did. But I want to talk about this issue as a way into the commentary around it. Luke Hodge, the great Luke Hodge, four-time premiership player, three-time premiership captain at Hawthorne, who interviewed Toby Green post-match. It was as soft an interview as I've ever seen. Now, I know he's not there to, to really ride the point home. But when you ask the question, I think you're allowed to ask the question without preempting it by saying, almost apologising for asking it and softening the need for Toby to address it properly. I, I feel that the whole system, the AFL system, has allowed wiggle room and allowances and caveats for players making contact with umpires to the point where Luke Hodge inexplicably didn't have an issue with what Toby Green did in crashing into, or at least that might be a bit too emotive, in, in walking into Matt Stevick. I just want to get your views on the, yeah. the commentary around it, Hutchie. I'm not sure that was his genuine view, Luke. I just think he probably, um, you know, it wasn't his best moment, that's for sure. But it, it was a new experience for him. He had to ask a hard question of a hard situation after the game. I just think he probably felt a bit nervous, to be honest. And just a learning curve for him. I know I'm sounding defensive of him, but in, in reality, freshly retired players from the game, I'd still put him in that category. He's brought his EU2 media personality. He just felt a natural position to defend the player, and he's been in that situation before. Now, was he in the right, Luke? No, I don't think his views reflected anyone else's. Was he actually thinking that? I'm not sure he was. I just think he was probably a little bit nervous or awkward about the way he asked the question. Because it, well, okay, it is. Let's move it off him. Let's move it off. There are other there are other commentators who who had a, a similar view that there was nothing to see here. Maybe a fine. I mean, yep. this is. I think it's a problem when you've got the ex greats of the game condoning in inverted commas because they all, they're all sort of saying it should be a fine. So they're admitting they're being a, a wrongdoing. But actually, I just don't get how we've got to a point in in any sport, and let's talk about the specifics of AFL, where, where umpires can be walked into the way he was walked into. And for some people, some senior people who, who broadcast the game to say, well, that's okay. In another era, it would have been five to 10 weeks. Yeah. I think 95% of the... Of the- football public though have been aligned on that view and there's not Toby's first dance he, he will be suspended uh, the AFL will send a message that they can't be tolerated I think when it comes to umpires just zero tolerance it's you know crack down harder and firmer and I don't think the um, the fine system really is a deterrent because people it was the same with um, the jockeys by the way the fines are not worth doing because they're not a big enough deterrent to people yeah. people just once upon a time you find someone five thousand dollars it was like yeah, it's like Doctor Evil. Really, it's one million dollars. It's like it felt like a lot of money. A lot of once upon a time when you sanction people, I know they find it hard to get it through the CBAs and stuff. But the fines don't really work. Yeah. Um, you got to you got to sanction and sanction hard. If you send a big message, someone's going to be unlucky. But if you send a big message, it won't happen again. Just on uh, Hodge on the ground, by the way. I think one of the things that happens with less experienced ex players is that when there's an awkward question, they they throw up a Mickey Mouse at first. You must be happy with the game, and right, right. I'm not actually. I'm not saying this specifically on this incident, but it often happens, right? And then you, you finish with the question. Now I've got to, you know, my view is this: get the ask the ask the tough one straight up, because you don't get a discount when you if you ask it first, second, or third in the eyes of the recipient of the question. I still judge you the same way. So there's no no point delaying the inevitable, and just start yeah. and just start with this. I've got Toby Green here with me. Toby, let me get the uncomfortable one out of the way first. It appeared on the vision you made contact with the umpire. Would you like to address so, so, that? So you preface it being an uncomfortable question? I, I would yeah. even remove that part of it, wouldn't you? Well, I, I think if you if you feel inclined to, you can. Or you can Toby, just go. You, you made contact with an umpire. What happened? 
Wouldn't that be the way to do it? Yeah, that's what you or I would do. But I think if you're not, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't hurt to set it up. I say, look, I've got to ask you the uncomfortable one first. A lot, a lot of criticism yep. for making contact with the umpire. Or you could blame – it's been said that you made contact with an umpire. Yeah. Did, Did you, you and what happened? Yeah. Did you and what happened? Well, yeah. And then Actually, you, I think that's a second question. Well, you do have to interview someone and, 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 and you want to get to one – one particular topic. Sometimes I see I'm guilty of this. Sometimes it, you make it in my mind. So as you know, I do prepare for interviews of that type. Sometimes I push it again. It's not hiding behind it, but you just sometimes want to get a conversation going. I know you don't have that luxury in a post-match interview, but I've I've certainly buried the hard question down low, and it's not that's not a not a tactic. It's not a technique. It's just my style. Um, everyone, everyone so does I, it. I can get I can get where Hodge is at with that regard of it. Here's the, here's Band-Aid off. There's no way I'll be able to get through the interview without asking about the umpire incident, yeah. so I'm going to get it out of the way first. You're better off yeah. finishing with a with a with a Dorothy Dixon, starting with one. Yeah, although you can with those long form interviews, which don't happen anymore, by the way. But in them, if you ask the hard one first and it it goes pear shaped at that point, there's no more questions coming up after it. Yeah, but that ends up being good tally, right? Yeah, I suppose. Hey, um, four corners last week. Uh, we I thought this would be up the rally. The- the news blew here. Talk, talk yeah. me through. Talk me through. Like four corners went after news, and it looked like news sent it back with a receipt on it. <laughs> well, we we spoke about this time last week. We we did record last Monday. Uh, we said there was going to be a four corners expose on News Limited, and and we then both said uh, wait for News Limited to respond. Well, Hutchie, in the three days after four corners went to air with a with part one of a two part expose on on News Limited doings. I'm just trying to find this article as uh, as well, we speak, art- and of course, we, well, you, we spoke about technology before getting us through. Just at the precise time I need this article, Hutchie, my 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 uh, Twitter has well, my uh, these are the, email these is the headlines I read. It's just coming back to me. AFL conveniently omits facts in Four Corners program was Tuesday. AFL needs better watchdog after Trump Four Corners report. Senators, the AFL's AFL, big lie and the madness of Four Corners. Yeah, the ABC, sorry. There was... <laughs> you got AFL 15 times out. Excuse me. Freudian slip. Um, lots of criticism from news, and it looked like they rolled out their bigger-name reporters to deliver it too in yeah. stories. And they lent on a bit of politics as well, by the, by the sounds as well. Did you watch it? I haven't, no. What did you think? Yeah, I, I did. Um, look, was it, fair? it was good TV. It was good TV. No, I, I don't think some of it was. And and this and this is me defending News Limited, actually. I don't think there's anything in it that I didn't already know. That doesn't mean that it's not worthy of repeating. It was, it was, it was, it was great. It was good TV. I mean, to use your your terminology, it was it was great TV. But I didn't learn anything. Maybe I'm a little bit too close to it. Whatnot. Um, maybe the general public doesn't have the awareness of the whole news limited. You know, Donald Trump and other other issues, right wing stuff going on. But yeah, I got I was a bit underwhelmed if I could say that. And uh, look, that's just my judgment on the the product. Did you I think had the response? I watched part two tonight too. If you were the news, if you were the editor or the News Limited um, crew, would you have responded the way you did? I think I would have. I would have thrown one back. Thrown one back. I've just found what I wanted to find before. There were forty five articles in the first two days after it. I think forty five is a bit too many, isn't it? It's a sore point. Well, that that suggests it was a. It was, um, you know, it came from upstairs, as they would say in yeah. <laughs> in media. Oh, by the way, we, this is this is unconfirmed, and so I, don't, I have no idea if this is true or untrue. But I, I did want to actually throw this out there because we, you know we're fascinated with the verity scores of um, the newspapers are working off 
for the regular listeners. Now, we've got a, we got a, a message. Uh, I know the boys like to talk about verity scores, but there's also a new formula. There's a new measuring stick called a C-score. Have you heard this? No. Taking, taking all things into consideration, not just subscriptions. So the page views, sub-page views, body link clicks give you a score, and the site has an average score. So stories that don't get many views don't go online. They have run in the newspaper itself, a potential talking point for the next episode from one listener. So I don't know. that. Do you think that's true? I don't well, we're not in the subscription business. Yeah, so I'll, um, I probably if anyone's still talking to me inside that building these days, Hutchie, I might try and find out for us uh, for next week. Hey, um, I saw during the week that Scott Morrison is going to coach Perth Wildcats, which you now own. Yep, he's a, a he'll be a more popular Scott Morrison in Perth than uh, your man Scott Morrison too. He's a he's going to be a terrific coach. Absolutely wrapped that he's joined us. He's a an assistant coach in the NBA from the Boston Celtics. He's been in, instrumental in the Canadian team program. He's been a G League outstanding coach in the second tier in the NBA as well and he'll be fantastic in Perth so yeah it's coming together with Scott Morrison and Danny Mills ahead of basketball signed Vic Law as a player and announced last week so things are coming together in the West Domo all right well let's head to the question of the week now for you available for any Wildcats related uh, events in grand final week Domo in the spirit of things stand-up comedian work is that what you're after Hutchie yeah that'll be you and you and Basil doing a one-two on stage um, let's get to uh, let's get to question of the week on the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Adam C on Twitter wants to know if I am going back to bed now that I'm in Perth after I record AFL daily, which he's assuming, quite correctly by the way, that it's a 4 a.m. AWST recording for me. Um, I did do that. I did go back to bed, Adam, on the very first morning I got in. I got in about 1 a.m. Perth time, and I was up again at 3.30 a.m. Um, that morning. And then I did go back to bed for about 90 minutes after that one, but I've managed to plough through ever since. We might just go to another question too, Hutchie. Chris Guy on email, why do journos bother going to the daily New South Wales press conferences when every question is answered with the same rhetoric? The pollies never answer the question, so why bother continuing to go? Good question, because it's not just uh, confined to – New South Wales press conferences, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I think um, it sounds like Gladys is moving the narrative pretty aggressively away from the cases, right, into the vaccinations and living with and the London-style approach of open up and get on with things. looks like it's on the agenda pretty hard in the next six or eight weeks, so it's going to be un- yeah, an uncomfortable period of press conferences for for everybody. It would be hard to say the same thing in a press conference if you're the recipient every day, wouldn't it, like the Dan Andrews and Gladys of the world? Uh, well, certainly Dan Andrews does a good job of... Uh... <laughs> Doing it, Hussey, but let's leave that for another day. Uh, that was the question of the week. Just on AFL Daily, do you need to get up at four o'clock and do that? Couldn't you do it the night before? Well, we're toying with that idea, actually, Hutchie, as we speak, uh, now that you've uh, raised this. Um, you you, you being the um, entrepreneur in the conversation, what, what should we be maybe doing? Doing that? Couldn't you yeah. call it over, AFL Overnight or something? Or AFL Last <laughs> Night? <laughs> AFL Overnight. <laughs> I was going to listen to AFL Daily, but I just couldn't work out how often it came out. No, you used that joke last week, Coach, and I did laugh at you last week. You, know, you won't get a, a laugh in a second week in a row on it, but um, we'll work it out. But, uh, yeah, it is, it is really reasonably early, Coach. You're getting up at 3.30 uh, on an alarm. But, anyway, that's what we do, and that's what uh, you certainly do. Episode 31 of Series 6 just done. The sounding board for drink-wise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink-wise. 
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.